Well, the first thing I want to do is, is uh, thank this congregation uh, for the prayers for me um, uh, uh, concerning this procedure that I had maybe a week and a half ago. He's answered your prayers. Um, I'm, um, he's granted me uh, 100% of, of what I had before, and, and I'm extremely thankful for that. I, I praise his name, and I give thanks to you. <laughs> Just by way of introduction this morning, I, I, I would like to review uh, 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 just in a few sentences each, each uh, 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 chapter that we have already covered because this this chapter is 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 completely different from them in chapter 1 we learned uh that the lord's servant nehemiah uh learns of the trouble and distress and disgrace of uh, uh, concerning that broken down wall and he takes the case to god uh, with prayer and fasting in chapter 2, uh, we find out that he is, he is the cupbearer, and, 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 he, and he's, he's got a high position. He's, he's got a privileged position with King Artaxerxes, and he seeks permission uh, to go back to Jerusalem, to go back to Judah, and, 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 and rebuild the walls. So he's able to investigate uh, by night um, what needs to be done and he gains the commitment of the priest and and the nobles and we hear the names of the adversaries Sanballat and Tobiah in chapter 3 uh, the rebuilding of the walls and 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 the gates um, and the repairs begin to take place uh, with full and diligent progression and participation. Everything moves forward, except the nobles are are not really helping. And then in in chapter four, what you heard last week, the external opposition reappears with Sanballat and Tobiah who are furious. They're mad uh, and they contrive a plot uh, uh, to, to fight against them and bring confusion uh, to the work. Nehemiah gets wisdom from God, and he encourages the construction to continue, and, and the strategy is blessed uh, with the builders each having a weapon in one hand and uh, in, in, in the other hand a trowel or a tool so that... Um, uh, they can work, and then he, 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 he had guys with trumpets. Now when you come to chapter 5, there is no mention of the wall. There is no mention of, of, of any external opposition. 
there was, there's no mention of anything like that. The trouble, sad to say, is from within. And so we, we, we have our outline. Uh, uh, we're going to see that, that Nehemiah becomes aware of this widespread outcry in, in verses 1 through 5. And, and then secondly, we'll see that ne- uh, Nehemiah reacts to the outcry and presents steps to correct the wrongdoing. And in the third place, you'll see the response of Nehemiah's steps and appeals against the wrongdoing in verses 12 and 13. And then we'll see um, in the fifth place, Nehemiah's pattern for an unselfish, compassionate, example that he was in, in, in uh, verses 14 through, through uh, 19. So, under our, our first heading, uh, from verses 1 through 5, Nehemiah becomes aware of widespread outcry. In verse 2, you, you see what's happening. There are large families with many sons and daughters, and they're lacking grain. They're, they're, they're having a hard time eating. In, in verse 3, on top of that, there is a famine. And we, we don't know the reason for the famine, except we know that whenever, whenever there is a famine, seek the Lord, go to the Lord, confess your sins, lay a hold of, of Jehovah if there is a famine. And, and their property and their equity loans are accumulating. In verse 4, there is no relief uh, uh, from taxes. They were being unjustly taxed, but because it's King Artaxerxes, there's nothing you can do about it. So they, they kept borrowing and borrowing and spending what they really didn't have. And then the, the, the worst thing is in verse 5, this slavery of their sons and, and daughters while having no fields, no vineyards, they belong to others. Well, who was doing this? Why was this happening? It was from people on the inside. It was from the nobles. It was from the leaders. It was from the officials. They were doing this to their own people. It's an atrocity. It's ridiculous. It's it's so unseemly and wrong. And, and, And the driving force was their own heartless greed and self-centeredness and their unjust advantage-taking of their own people. And you can see this happening. You can see from where it comes. It, It comes according to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7 and and. 
uh, uh, verses 20 through 23. And he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a, a person. That is what was with the nobles and the officials and other leaders. They were stealing, they were coveting, they were prideful, they were self-centered. That's a lot of our problems. It's a lot of my problems. I tend to be a self-centered person, and, and I, I want to be set free of that. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of, of, of life. How are we doing with that? If I ask myself these, these questions, am I selfish and self-centered at least at, at, some le- at, at some level or at least occasionally? Do I think too highly of myself? Is, is, is my heart covetous and too fixed on material things? Am I impatient, inflexible? Do I talk too much and listen too little? Is, is my tongue loose and liable to gossiping and, 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 and say things that are not necessary or helpful that might diminish uh, someone else's esteem for uh, another person? I find myself, and maybe you find yourself, guilty. I'm guilty of these charges at one level or, an, or, or another, or at one time or another. I'm guilty. I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have the Holy Spirit to, to sanctify me, to rebuke me, to speak to my heart. Um, because the same things can happen at Heritage Baptist Church. We don't have anybody on, on the outside attacking us that we know of. But from within this group, we can become gossipers. We can become prideful. We can become high-minded. We can become self-centered and 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 we've got to guard against these things we want to be patient we want to be flexible we want to be helpful we we want to be sacrificial and and sometimes we're not may god help us well we'll go on to the second heading then and, and 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 we'll see that Nehemiah reacts to the outcry 
and, and presents steps to correct the wrongdoing, and it's in verses 6 through 11. Um, you see what his first reaction is, and, and we don't know how it was expressed, but, but in, in verse 6, he reacts to the outcry with anger. And I want to say this right away. It's righteous anger. Because you will see that he was able to control his own heart. It says, I took counsel with myself. I thought about it. I, 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 I gathered my thoughts together, and I, I was careful how I would express this anger in a godly way. He was able to rule his own heart. There was no outburst. There was no rage. There was no broken dishes. There were no chairs being thrown. There were no smashed iPhones or Androids. He, 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 he didn't do any of those things. According to e, e, Ephesians 4:26 through uh, 28, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And, and, and don't give the devil an opportunity. How do we know that, 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 he, that, he, that he did not sin? We know by the steps that, that, that he put in place to correct the serious wrongdoing. You, we know that he was provoked by the Jewish nobles and officials because they were sinning. And, 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 and the steps presented show that, that his anger was justified and it, it, it was also righteous. He, he had a holy and, and antipathy and, and, and opposition to the wickedness of, of the officials and those nobles and, and who were under his authority. So he took these steps. He was going to rebuke them. He was going to ask them to recall some things. He was going to ask them to repent. And he was going to ask, him, ask them to make restitution. And that's what he did. See, they were sinning. The first charge was you are exacting interest each from his brother. Exodus 22:25 says, "If you lend money to any of my people with you who is poor, you shall not be like a money lender to them. You shall not exact interest from him." He says something similar in in uh, Deuteronomy 23 and verses 19 and 20, you shall not charge interest on loans to your brother. You can make loans. They can ask you for a loan, but you're not to charge interest. Interest on money, interest on food, interest on anything that is lent for interest. You may charge a foreigner 
interest, but you may not charge your brother interest that the Lord your God may bless you in all that you undertake in the land that you are entering and, and take possession of that. It's okay to loan money. It's, it's okay to ask for a loan. But uh, uh, among brothers and sisters, they were not permitted to charge interest for, and, or for anything else, for food, or, or anything else that, 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 that they might borrow. And there's a wonderful promise. God will bless you. He will pay the interest. He will give you what he wants you to have. And, and it will be better than just plain interest. It'll be the blessing of God in, in your life. Well, he gives reasons for this. Nehemiah says... Remember what we did. You see in, in, in uh, verse 8, he says, We, as far as we are able, have bought back our Jewish brothers from those who have been sold to the nations. To the Gentiles. But you guys, what you're doing, you, you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. That's absurd. That's hateful. That's thoughtless. And, 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 and what was their reaction? They couldn't find a word to say. Because if, if they remembered where they came from and what was done to them and, and how cruelly they were treated and and how the Jews bought them back from the Gentile nations, and, and now they're doing this to themselves with their own flesh. That was a horrible thing to do. And, and, and reason two comes also in, in uh, verse 8, when you see um, uh, the very end of it, but you even sell your brothers that they may be sold to us. And, and, and that shows the utter corruption because they were willing to buy them and, 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 and have that advantage and pay for it and, and have them under their charge. And so in verse 9, he, 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 he's so gentle. He, he says, the, the thing that you are doing is, is, is not good. Ought you not to walk in, in the fear of our God? And then, he, then he, he gives the third reason. To prevent the taunts of, of, of the nations, our, our enemies... What are they going to make of you? When, when, when you're supposed to be a holy nation, you're supposed to be a God-fearing nation, what, what is your God like who would allow you to do such things as, as sell your own people to each other when, when, when you guys were slaves before? They would be taunted by them. God would be looked down upon them. Well... In, 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 in the third place, 
what is, what is the response to Nehemiah's steps and appeals uh, for the wrongdoing? This is beautiful. This is a miracle. This is, this is repentance. This is an immediate turning. We don't know how long they were doing this. They know, we, we're not sure of, of how they treated them as slaves. But this we do know. They repented. They, they repented at the words of Nehemiah because the Holy Spirit was there to convict them. They said, we will restore, in, in, in verse 12, we will restore these and require nothing from them. We will do as you say. And, and, and I called the priests and, 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 and made them swear to do as they had promised. I also took the fold of my garment and, and, and said, May God shake out every man from his house and, and from his labor who does not keep this promise. So may he shake, may he be shaken out and, and emptied. And the assembly said, Amen. And they praised the Lord. And the people did as, as they had promised. Where does this repentance come from? Where did your repentance come from? What is it that, that changed your life? I'm going to tell you something. It, 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 it was a miracle of God's grace to us that, 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 that we turned. You see that in, 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 Act, in Acts 5.31. God has exalted him. He's exalted Jesus at his right hand as a leader and a savior to give repentance. We didn't have it. It had to be given to us. We needed it worse than anything we could ever need was to repent, to turn from our sins, to admit our sins to make a 180 degree turn from our sins. And we didn't have it. Praise God, he gave us repentance. And if repentance is a gift, you can ask for it. If you don't feel like repenting, if you know you need to, if you have conviction of sin at whatever level, this may be the only level of conviction for sin that you have right now. Ask Christ to give you repentance. Ask him to give it to you. He has promised to grant it. In, 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 in Acts chapter 11 and, and verse 18, Peter says, Then to the Gentiles, that's who we are, he has granted repentance. And what does it lead to? It leads to life. You're not alive until you've repented. <laughs> I beg you, on the mercies of Jesus Christ, who died for sinners, who, who, who worked out a perfect righteousness for us, he never sinned, and he became obedient even to the death on a cross. And he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he said, It is finished. 
That's what you need. You need to finish work up front, but you've got to repent. Faith is also a gift. They're twins. They're twin sisters. They go together, faith and repentance. And you don't have it naturally. You, all you've got is sin that is natural to you. All you have is, are those sins of, of the heart that, that naturally flow out of us. And, and, and they will never stop until you get repentance. I was at a conference. If I could have that next slide. I was at a conference called Por Su Causa three years ago for his cause. And, and what that says up there, it says, it says repentance is not defeat. In Christ, repentance is victory. It is victory over the power of sin. That, that, that power that allows you to walk independently of God, to, to make up your own rules, to do as you please. It breaks it. It breaks the power of it. It breaks the practice of it. Everybody in, 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 in this room who, who is born again can tell you a story of what they used to do, what they used to enjoy, what they used to pursue, and they no longer do it. They've been set free from that practice of sin and, and, and replaced it with gracious activities. It's a miracle. It's a miracle of God's grace. to have They have been saved from the consequences of sin. What are the consequences? In, in, in this life, it's trouble. It's shame. It's guilt. And in the next life, in the next life, it is the judgment of God against you. And if you don't think it's, it's, it, it's right that unforgiven sinners should spend eternity in hell, you have no idea of the holiness of our God and, and the sinfulness of, of, of rejecting that grace. You, 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 you don't know what you're talking about and how grievous sin is and, and it, it is mutiny. You're a traitor to God. You're a God-hater until you are saved. But there's mercy. There's mercy. The scriptures say, whosoever, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord, anybody in, 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 in any nation, in any language, in any race, at any age, no matter how sinful they have been, if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And if you're not saved right now, it's because you haven't called upon him. Call upon him and, and, and find what, what the vast majority of people in, in this room have found. This beautiful, beautiful salvation that brings us peace and joy and happiness and holiness. 
all of these things come to us, and, 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 and we are so grateful, so thankful. We are, we are humbled by grace because we know where we come from. We know the rock from which we were hewn out of. Only God can change us. Well, let's notice then, in, in, the, in the last place then, um, where's my last place? Here it is. Nehemiah's patterned and, and unselfish example. You see that in um, verse 14. We don't know who he is talking to or if he just wants this to be recorded or if he's actually talking to God. But, 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 but by the end of it, you know in, in verse 19, he is speaking to God. Nehemiah had been promoted. He, he, he was a cupbearer, and now he is a governor. I wonder, can, can, can we handle promotion, or, or, or does it make us proud? Uh, 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 does it make us self-seeking? Uh, does it make us uh, take advantage of every benefit that we can possibly find be, be, because we have a higher station? In, in verses 15 and, and 16, you see that it, it, it might cost others for what we are, are, are doing. Would we be more generous? Would we be more giving as we find in, in verses 15 and, and 16? He says... The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens. He, they didn't care about the people. And took from them their daily ration, 40 shekels of, of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people. But I did not do so. Why didn't he do so? Because of the fear of, of, of God. He says in, 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 in verse 16, he says, I persevered in the work on this wall and, and we acquired no land and all my servants were gathered there for the work. I, I put my servants to work for you guys. Moreover, there, there were at my table 150 men, Jews, and officials besides those who came from the nations that were around us. And, 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 and then he tells what he prepared for them. He was generous. He, he, he was giving it. And how long did he do it? Well, you notice um, um, in, in, in verse 14, from the time I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah from the 20th year to the 32nd year. He did that for 12 years. That's what Nehemiah was doing. 
He was a wealthy man, but, but, but he knew how to handle his wealth. He wanted to give. He wanted to bless. And I can't imagine, verse 18 says, now, now what was prepared at my expense each day was one ox, six choice sheep and birds, and every ten days all kinds of wine in abundance. He's really shelling out a lot. He did this for 12 years. An ox a day and these sheep a day and every ten days wine and um, uh, uh, in abundance. And he repeats it. He says, yet for all this, I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy on, on the people. See, the way the top guys got fed was because they taxed the people and they burdened them. He was not willing to do that. He was... Uh, a godly man, he, he was a righteous man. And so he says to God in, 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 uh, in verse 19, he's a holy man. He says, remember me for my good, O oh, oh my God, all that I have done for this people. And he's allowed to do that. That's not saying I earn something. It's not saying that I merit something. But uh, according to your promises, uh, in, in 1 Samuel 26, 23, it says the Lord re re rewards every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. Boaz told Ruth in, 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 in Ruth 2, 12, the Lord repay you for what you have done and, and a full reward be given you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have taken refuge. Or according to Proverbs 24 and verse 12, B, does not he who, 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 who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay a man? according to his work. Your friends don't have to know about it. Your wife, your husband doesn't have to know about it. Your kids don't have to know about it. God already knows about it, and he will reward you. He's not trying to earn anything, but he's got his heart fixed on that unseen world. And... And, and whether he's seen doing it, whether he's heard doing it, whether it's secret or, or not, he's counting on that promise. And, and, and he's a generous man. Jim Huffstetler, Pastor Jim Huffstetler at that time was quoting somebody. I was at this conference. Maybe some of you were there too. It, it was a long time ago, but... He said, earn all you can, save all, all you can, give all, all you can. Not spend all, all you can, accumulate all you can, but give 
all that you can give. John Piper says, um, uh, 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 a $70,000 salary, maybe nowadays we might say a $100,000 salary, doesn't have to be accompanied by a $70,000 lifestyle. No matter how thankful we are for gold, gold will not make people think our God is good. It will make people think that our God is gold. That's what it will do. But if, if, but if we are giving, if we are generous, I remember uh, Pastor Ted's dad used to say that, that, that if you don't tithe, you only cheat yourself. Because God is a generous God. God is a rewarder of, of those who serve him. So... May we follow Nehemiah's example, but most of all, may we follow the example of his Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the best example, and we are progressively, even we, we don't know this about ourselves, but we're told that we are progressively getting holier and holier, but we will never be perfect in in this life but one of the one of the greatest joys of heaven when we see him we will be like him and we will be like him forever and ever we will enjoy this perfect righteousness this purity we will never sin again we'll never have a sinful thought We'll never do anything wrong ever again. We'll never be a lawbreaker again. What glory awaits us based on faith and repentance towards Jesus Christ and in his name. Shall we pray together? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for grace. We praise you. We thank you for our Savior, Jesus Christ, and all of his servants that um, he has chosen for himself. Thank you for this wonderful body of believers. Thank you for the hope that we have for our children and our grandchildren and our friends and neighbors, that they too might receive that marvelous gift of faith and repentance. Oh, God, give it, we pray, with all of our hearts. Thank you, thank you for this time together. Help us to worship you throughout this day as we pray it in that wonderful, matchless, magnificent, worthy, victorious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.